Welcome to this episode of the Where's the Funding podcast with our guest, Comfort Ajahu Jennings. Comfort, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Michelle. So tell us briefly about yourself and your company, LA Agby. Did I pronounce that right? Very well. Very well. Hello, everyone. My name is um, Comforter Jaho Jennings from Ghana. I am an entrepreneur, a social entrepreneur. And um, I started my business in 1996 into local bee jewelry, recycled glass bee jewelry. And then in 2003, I added the share butter. Why? Because it's called women's gold. And because I have passion to support women, that really gets me going to make sure that I do everything to add value and promote this and front it so that these women can get a sustainable income to support their families. So that's how come I'm now in Sherbata Cosmetics. And since then, I've, I've never looked back and I keep adding new products to it. And I also do handicrafts. But at the moment, I'm only doing um, the jewelry and baskets in addition to the share butter cosmetics. So we've been in business for 25 years now. So that's a long time. Tell, yeah. tell, tell me a little bit about why it's so important to support women in the supply chain, at the base of the supply chain, particularly in, 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 in the sector such as shea butter. Shea butter is very popular globally. It's in about every product you find on stores globally, certainly here in the US. But the women who pick and process the shea oftentimes don't benefit as much from the labor that's put into the supply of shea butter. So tell me a little bit more about your work supporting women's economic empowerment and how you became involved with the African Women's Empowerment Program. Thank you. Um, you know, supporting women is key in every aspect because women invest in any little thing that is given to them or any little support that is given to them because their main focus is to make sure that their families are supported. So I think it's key in every aspect. So all of us cannot be everywhere to support every woman. But where the opportunity presents itself, we just have to take advantage of it. And so that's why when I started the Share Butter Cosmetic, and it's called Women's Gold, and relating, meeting the women and relating to them, interacting with them, seeing 
knowing their family and, and all that. It, it's, it's rather encourages me to, to do more than where I started from because I know they need me and I need them. So we need each other. So it's very necessary, not only buying from them, but getting to know them better and any other challenges that they may be going through. You might not provide money in that aspect, but sometimes it's just about listening to them to pour their hearts out. Maybe they only need somebody to listen to them. And if you have any advice, you give to them, somebody to smile. Sometimes somebody just, all they need is a, is a smile, somebody to smile. A hello to somebody, a woman, will gladden her heart. So appreciating them of what they do, it's, it's, it, it's means a lot to them. So for me, I'm in there with them. I believe in the bottom up. So that is where I am and I'm with them till we, we support, we continue to support each other. And so tell me the, a little bit more about AWEP and what specifically it does for women. So I know you were the past, immediate past president of the AWEP Ghana chapter and you're now heading the regional chapter, if, um, regional yeah. program if I'm correct. So tell us a little bit more about the work that organization does and how it supports women's economic empowerment. African Women's Entrepreneurship Program, how I got involved when it was initiated in um, 2010, I was nominated to represent Ghana, to be amongst one of the 35 uh, countries. And so we, in fact, that meeting was, was kind of, it, it, it brought us together, not seeing each other coming from different countries, but as sisters from Africa. There was a bonding amongst us, and it's still there because we just bonded with one mindset. And we keep asking each other, how did this select us? And I mean, it's like, we just have everything as siblings. And so we were taking through uh, different topics. We are to advocate for women, educate them, empower them, build their capacity. Because um, one of the things that uh, Mrs. Clinton said during um, her speech is that during their tenure in office, they travel through Africa. It is women who have been doing all the work. They go to farm, they, they have a baby behind, they're still pregnant, they're carrying loads, and they're still coming back to cook and feed the family. So if, and you know, AWEB is the wing of AGUA after 10 years of the AGUA initiative and countries are giving quota every, every year. 
and these quotas are not always met. So that's why she thinks that if we build a capacity for women, they'll be able to supply other women to add value and take advantage of the benefits of Agua that is not being um, utilized every year. So we were taken to different organizations for us to meet people who are making it in the business world so that we can learn from them and come back and empower our value chain, the women who supply us. And then we can be able to get a quality raw material in the quantities that we may need to meet the demands in the US market. So for people who might not be aware of what AGOA is, would you mind defining that and tell us how you're able to access um, opportunities through AGOA? AGOA is African Growth and Opportunity Act. And it gives a, a duty-free to over 6,000 products from Africa to the US market. So now, how many women are part of AWEP Ghana and how many women are a part of the regional AWEP that benefit from what that organization does? AWEP Ghana, we have, at the moment, we have the chapter in Accra, but we have members across the country. So for now, we have almost that currently almost 100 members. We have members who have um, passed through and uh, moving on. We have mentored several women. We've done projects in the greater Accra and other parts of Accra in Tamale and in Bolga. Uh, the aim of AWEB is to make sure that one member, we might not have thousand members, but one member can be working in the value chain with about hundred women. So one member can be working with 20, 10, 30, 50. That is where the focus is because in my share butter, I need to work with a group. I don't have to go, I'm not supposed to go to the market they are not saying it, but to build a capacity and have a sustainable source of your raw materials. That's why you need to work with a group that you are trained, that will give you a reliable and a quality raw material for your uh, finished product. So we have about 100 members. What we do is there are members, women who are interested to join us but they are not yet members. So we have a platform for those people also who are, will be joining as and when we keep announcing to them wherever they hear about us. And what so are the requirements? Those are also to, it's just a matter of being in business. Have to be in, a woman in, in business. We open it up not only for 
export ready companies. Because if we limit it, what happens to um, other career women, somebody who is an accountant and an entrepreneur may need that person to help her put her uh, books together. So if she's not a member, if she didn't join and who will help that person? So we open it up to any woman with a career that will contribute to building of our businesses. And when you come to the regional in uh, West Africa, we are in 13 countries. And um, this time around, we, we've started about three years ago and we are building in, it's not every country that is well established. So we are now supporting those countries that are well established are now hand holding the, the weak ones to also stand on their feet. That's why we have our own platform where we share our experiences, we interact. So we've done the initial thing where we only have Sierra Leone that is not established, as which we are reaching out to, to them. But we have more than uh, 2,000 members because if each country, because we are now collecting the data for each country so that we can be able to build uh, the strength from sector by se sector by sector so that they can learn because they, each sector has a, a common challenge so they can learn from each other. Yes. So what are some of the business challenges that AWeb helps these women to solve, including access to finance and market access challenges? Um, one key thing is um, marketing, packaging. We have a very limited packaging in Africa. It's a challenge. No matter how well the quality of our products, we don't get the kind of package that would actually um, um, the package that will enhance the quality or to match the quality of the product that we have. So packaging is, is one key. Marketing, how to enter the international market, certification processes. I mean, you know, we have this barriers of um, organic, fair trade, I mean, all these things. And so it's, it's very challenging, the process, the costs. It's, it's, and we, we, we are interested to get those certificates to be competitive in, in, in the international market, but we can't afford it. So I'm going to get to that part in a second, but I want to go back and talk a little mm -hmm. bit more about the packaging. Mm -hmm. What type of support is AWeb able to provide members when it comes to finding quality packaging that's going to make their product look like it's a quality product and create consumer confidence in the quality of that product? Well, we... We've, we've not been able to 
lay hands on the solution yet, but individually, um, members have been sourcing from China. But that would not sustain us if we don't have anything locally. Should we have a volume? Because during this COVID, I mean, how to get those packaging in? The airports are closed. So bringing the, if you don't have anything in stock, how are you going to package if there's a demand for your product? How are you going to? So what we need is a local manufacturing companies that can give us the variety to choose from. So we, we are still in the process of um, discussion. We are still in the discussion. How can this be done? Because if the local companies can produce that, they also need some volume. So the markets out there need to, we need to get that quality, the quantity of demand coming in. Then they can also be ready to run the machine to give us the quantity we need. So it seems like there's a ready market for packaging. It just needs a supplier that's local that can meet yes. the yes. demands of the yes. local um, yes. African-based entrepreneurs who are desperately seeking mm -hmm. quality packaging that is affordable and meets their mm -hmm. needs. Now let's talk a little bit about access to finance because financing is a big part of any type of entrepreneurial endeavor. Is there any way in which AWEP helps to create better access to financing for its members? We don't have, um, it was recently that we have a few partners who are coming up to give, introduce us to what they have because uh, not to get, getting loan locally is not possible because the interest rate is not workable because it, it will make the product so expensive. So um, I think we have a few partners last year who came up and we introduced them to the members. It was the later part of the, of the year. So we are yet to go back and see whether it's working or not. And some of the challenges is also um, of having a business plan. You need to have a business plan to show to anybody who will give you money for your business. So we, there's a partner who came to help us to walk us through how to put our, how to understand our own business plan, knowing that your business plan have to be, come from you, not somebody putting a document together and presenting it to you. It's something that you need to know that this is my business. This is where I am. These are my needs. And if I get this, this is how I'll use it. And this is how I can return back to, to pay 
any money given to me. So they came to walk us through um, a business plan, um, how to write a business plan by ourselves with the supports of, uh, I think, uh, from USAID uh, remotely. So that's what we did also later part of last year. So are you collaborating with any other development finance partner to help unlock capital for the women who are members or any sort of commercially available um, financing options that might be de-risked by some other organizations such as USAID or any other donor that the women can tap into? Um, we partnered with the Invest in Africa last year, later part of last year. So we started a discussion and I think they have something, some sort of uh, financial supports on the table. We haven't checked the interest rates yet and also the criteria. Sometimes also the criteria is an issue. If the starting point is about your annual return should be about $20,000 is an issue. It, the small businesses will not qualify. So those are some of the challenges in those areas. If, if the annual return is starting from 20,000, 50,000, 100,000 and above, it's also an issue for the smaller businesses. So Comfort, tell me a little bit more about your business and how you were able to grow that and where are your customers? Um, I, I started somehow in, with focus on exports. If you ask me why, I don't have the answer, but uh, my, my focus was just on exports. And I like it because it, it, it come with a lot of training and learning. And you know, it brings you the money in bulk to be able to plan how to use it. It helps you automatically to understand the international markets because there are a lot of trainings that we, I, I went through, but if you are not exporting, how will you know, how will you practice the things that you were learning about export marketing, export prices? So I, I was more involved in exports than the local markets. Because when export is coming, it, it comes in, in some quantities. And so once you focus on it, at least if, even if it is $1,000 that is left, you plan for it and you know how to manage that thousand, uh, $1,000. So I started in Japan in 1999 in very small. I think my first sample was $250 to Japan. 
So Comfort, what's the major, major takeaway here for other entrepreneurs, especially ones who are export market facing, for them mm -hmm. to really know about their market and the peculiarities mm -hmm. of the export market and their level of quality and detail that they're looking for and then how to pivot and readjust if something doesn't go well the first time around. Yeah. Well, it's a learning. You have to learn from it. You have to learn from it. You have to be open. If you don't tell yourself that you know it all, what you know is different from what is needed out there. Because when I started my share butter, I was so passionate about it. And I, the label, I was so proud of how I label it, my packaging and all that. And it was fortunate that that was the very year that USAID was in Ghana giving technical support to share producers. And for me to come out with the finished product, someone went and told them that, hey, there's somebody who is adding value to the share butter. And when they invited me and they saw my, my packaging, well, they congratulated me, but they said, well, but this cannot- not good enough, right? <laughs> exactly, for the international market. So we, what we can do, we will help you to, design the kind of label that will be that will meet the standard of the international market and that was what they did so what is good for that is not what is good for the outside market and also the quality and if you see if, if you have a buyer who wants to buy from you you have to be very transparent with the buyer because if they are going to market your products you have to tell them the details of everything, the contents. Because should anything go wrong, they'll be in trouble from the size and the weight. If the weight is um, four ounce, let it be four ounce. If it's if one to four ounces, I mean, out there, people have skill in their kitchens and somebody can buy something and put it on their skill and you give them three ounces, you've cheated them and you put your buyer in trouble. So transparency and trust building is, is key in international market. And whatever sample you give, make sure you repeat it. Yes, and it's not only that you're putting your buyer in trouble, you're putting yourself in trouble because mm -hmm. you've just jeopardized a valuable market relationship by exactly. trying to get over. Yeah, because so, do you know something? Because I sell to one buyer, Another buyer went to their website and picked my contact or searched me and contacted me that we found you on this website. Can you do something different for us? And then another buyer also go to another buyer's website and another buyer's also go to. So it's how you present yourself that can link you up. You don't have to do the, all the work yourself. Your, your work will speak for itself and bring you more customers. That's a great point. And that's the importance of putting your best foot forward mm -hmm. and really understanding if you are targeting the export market, mm -hmm. you're playing in a different league and you're yeah. playing a different game mm -hmm. with different rules and different players. Yeah. So what might be good enough for the local market 
will almost certainly not be good enough for the export yeah. market or there might be changes and tweaks that have to be made. And I know lots of people are very export facing and they're like, oh, I want to export. I want to mm -hmm. export like, oh, I want to sell my products to the U.S. or to Europe or wherever, not realizing that there's so much yeah. to learn about what the requirements are for selling in those markets and understanding the customer profile mm -hmm. and what the customers there are looking for in their products. So what are what what is some quick advice that you would give to other entrepreneurs, especially in the product space, if you're making products for skincare or even in the handicraft space? What are some quick advice that you would share that would help an external facing um, producer that's looking to to access the external market to help them sort of on an easier path so that they don't have to fall into all the pitfalls that you know you might have fallen into while you were on your yeah. learning journey. And you know, we should not be quick about exporting. We should be more interested in studying and learning through a, through a process. Because my first buyer that I was introduced to by the USAID then, the West Africa Trade Hub, it took us one whole year to do documentation, to send sample after sample after sample after sample. We are adding, we are subtracting. We are, I mean, for a whole year, a whole year, you do calculation from, and somebody, those questions that they're asking, somebody, people ask, this is my business. How are you? Why do they want to know all that? Yes, they need to know. Because if you're doing business with them, your business is their business, and they have a right to know. And, yeah, no, and their business, yeah, yeah, and their business is your is, is is your business. So that transparency, we have to be ready for it. And they want to see everything documented, and especially when you are working with the fair trade organizations they want to know about your value chain and your relationship with them and your workers they will come and audit how you relate to these people and all that we should be ready for that you yeah, see somebody so that, who wants that to buy from me you to to the, my next question which is what do fair trade and ethical sourcing mean for creating equity and better opportunities for women at the base Mm -hmm. and other agri product value chains. But what also, yeah. what does it mean when you're interacting with those buyers that yeah. source ethically and have these tiered sort of requirements that are necessary to do business with them? Yeah, so as, as, as I started, they are interested in the, the your value chain from the women, the PKs, the processes, I mean, the your staff, your relationship with them, and they can come to you at a random and interview any, any of your staff and make sure that are you paying them? Are they free to leave? How is your relationship with them? Do they have that working environment and the women down north, 
Are you relating to them? What do you know about them? What's the relationship? And when you, it's, I can't afford the cost, but I'm a fair trade practicing company. So if somebody supports me to pay for the certificates, yeah, yeah, it is the certificate I don't have, but the practicing, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it because I understand it and I believe in it and I love it and I'm living it. That is wonderful. You've grown LA Agbe over the years and might still have plans for growth. How have you financed the growth of your business over the years? Um, hmm, that's a good question. You know, even though I founded Elagbe, I'm the CEO, I'm also a staff. So Elagbe pays me. So I work for Elagbe. And sometimes when I'm having a meeting with my staff and I told them that we are all workers in Elagbe. So I'm a staff of Elagbe. They, they laugh. I say, yes, I'm also a staff. So when I go out and buy something and bring it, I said, here, Elagbe take and give me my money. So the money, the little profit that I made in the company does not belong to me. It belongs to the company. And the company have to pay that is me a very, and I have to say. That's a great distinction to make, especially when you're addressing small business entrepreneurs. What advice would you give? Because I know in this climate and this environment, everything is about funding, access to financing, and everyone's, well, not maybe not everyone, but lots of people are now looking for external financing. Someone like you who has not had any external financing mm -hmm. other than capacity building, which you did receive mm -hmm. through the West African Trade Hub, through USAID, what advice would you give for how to be able to, to grow incrementally in the absence of external financing? You know, what West Africa Trade Hub did by giving me the technical support, building my capacity and introducing me to the international market and a few buyers. That was a million dollar gift they have given me because the buyers they brought, they make sure that they stand between me and the buyer. They speak the buyer's language to me and speak my language to the buyer until they understand that, yes, we can be able to work with this organization. What they did in support was taking me to exhibitions to see how things are being done out there. So that when they introduce me to those people, they make sure that they supported me to be able to meet their requirements to be able to supply them. So for me, um, 
if you, the first thing I need is the market. If you introduce me to buyers, then the buyers come up with their requirements. Then you support me to be able to meet those requirements. Then I can establish that relationship to be able to meet the quantities, the qualities, and I'll get those monies from them, any amount of money. Because uh, without market, I don't know how quick I'll sell my best products that I may have. So I need, what I need is market. So did and any how, of your buyers pre-finance their, their orders with you? Yes, with my fair trade organizations, they always pay 50% upfront. And so once you are able to deliver to their expectation, their standards, they give you your, your, your 50%, the remaining 50%. And pre-financing, I assume, requires building up a certain level of trust that yes. they know that you will deliver exactly after they've paid. Yeah, um, they pre-finance that you yes. will deliver, and you will deliver a quality product. Exactly, because when they give you the order without any pre-finance, by the time the bank gave you an overdraft, the time for you to source the raw materials and produce and do whatever package and all that, the time is already gone. So the pre-finance, a buyer that you pre-finance is, is very helpful. And that has been um, my support over the years. Comfort, thank you so much for speaking with me today. If there are any final words of advice that you would like to give to your fellow women entrepreneurs, before we close out the, the podcast, please go ahead and do so. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. And I can only say that we all have different gifts. We all have different strengths. We all have different abilities. So let's come together and unite, build a strong network share ideas, support each other and support and build our value chain and add value to our raw materials that we have and be able to take advantage of all the markets that are out there. We now have African continental free trade if we are united, we can be able to go very far in this opportunity. So united, we stand. Divided, we fall. Very well said. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Thank you to all of our listeners for joining us for another episode. 
We hope that you got what you expected when you tuned into this episode. If not, let us know what you want us to cover by completing a short survey that will be in the show notes. If you would like to be a guest or a sponsor, please contact us at wordsofunding at gmail.com. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, stream, download, rate, review, share your favorite episode, all of those things, and follow us on social media. And you can follow me, your host, on LinkedIn at Michelle J. McKenzie. Thank you so much, and see you for the next episode. Thank you.